Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's house. Yes, stand up. Y'all know the drill. <laughs> we want to invite you this morning to read with us John 3, 16, if you will, the words that we hear on the screen. Let's read together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's sing it this morning. God so loved.
Amen, amen. You guys can be seated. My favorite thing about the gospel is this, that anyone can come to know the Lord as their personal Savior. Doesn't matter what your past is, what your background is, where you think you came from, or how you feel about the life that that the, the deck of cards that life has given you, God loves you and he wants you to know him. He wants to have a relationship with you. And we today have gathered in this place at Kavanaugh Church to worship and to celebrate that very thing. Amen? It is so good to see you guys here, and again, we're so thankful that you have made it out this morning, especially during this Christmas season, to lift up in, in all adoration to our Lord and Savior and what he has done for us. So good to have you. If you're a guest here this morning, and there are a couple, I've, I've been able to meet a few this morning, it's so good to have you. We would love to, to meet you and, and talk about our church a little bit more. Um, in the chair back in front of you is a little connect card. Um, if you could fill that out, and right after service, uh, this little connect table, uh, bring it back there. we got a gift for you, a mug, a couple things in there, and then a Chick-fil-A gift card, because who doesn't like Chick-fil-A, all right? You can't go to lunch there today. They're closed, but you can go tomorrow, okay? Sounds good. Good. All right. Um, if you if you if you've not been aware, there have been a lot of people out uh, at these uh, Christmas banners taking photos. We have a we have brother Wes out there. He's taking photos this morning. We want you and your family to take a great Christmas picture out there. So if you haven't done yet. Uh, please do right after service, okay? It's so good to see you guys. I'm going to invite you all to stand. We're going to ask God's anointing on our services today. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, and we're so thankful that you sent your son um, to, to, to come to us and to redeem us, God. We're so thankful for the cross that you embraced and the, the tomb that you had victory over, God. We're so thankful that you right now sit on the throne of heaven, sovereign, complete control, but yet with open arms, ready to receive us all. And Lord, today we pray for salvation here in this place. We pray that we as a people come to know you better and that those who don't know you at all come to receive you and to have the greatest gift of all be placed in their lives, God. So we pray for that this morning in our services, especially as Brother Will brings the message today, God. Uh, may our hearts be open and receptive to that word. We love you so much and so thankful for our church this morning. In your name, amen. Greet those around you and we'll get right back into it in just a few minutes. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, buddy. Good to have you, man. Bless you. Good to have you ladies with us. Good to have you, buddy. God bless you, man. We're so glad you're here. Bless you, girl. God bless you. Hey, girl. What's up, buddy? How are you, man? Good deal. Good deal. Fantastic. You can be seated. Filing in behind me are some church planters in North America. These are our home missionaries. This year for Christmas, we decided to adopt the children of our home missionaries. And uh, Brother Johnny, there were so many of them, we had to divide it into two years. So this year, the, the best of the best of the church planters 
are with us. Next year, we're going to do the rest of them, all right? But what we've done is adopted 46 home missionary children and then 30 kids from Puerto Rico that we're just uh, being good to this year and giving an extra special Christmas gift to. And today we have three families who have joined us, and they had quite a day yesterday out shopping and having a whole lot of fun. Would you welcome these church planters to Kavanaugh today? Fantastic. I'm going to introduce you to the actual church planter, the the husband, the dad, and he has the privilege of introducing his wife and these wonderful, precious kids to us that we've been trying to spoil. The first is Adam. Adam is our home missionary to uh, Champaign, Illinois. He has a beautiful family. So Adam, if you would introduce them to us. Hi, it's been so glad. We are so glad to have been a part of this weekend. You guys have been amazing to us. So my name's Adam, as he said. This is my wife, Rebecca, my oldest, Elijah, Jonah, Leah, and this is Naomi, our newest. So we are in Champaign, Illinois. We are the assistant church planters at the Bridge Church there. Uh, we, our work is a partnership between international missions and home missions, and I believe y'all met uh, Tyler and Kelly Penn last year. They are the international missionary to Champaign, to the University of Illinois, to the international students there. Um, our lead pastor is Ed Good and his wife, Rachel. They just came on about a year ago. We've been in uh, Champaign since 2018. We've had a lot of changes. Um, lead pastor moved on, uh, had a year without a pastor. Then Ed and Rachel came on. We've moved buildings. Three, we've been in three different locations. Um, it's hard to keep track of sometimes. Um, and uh, things are going great for us there. Um, if one, one thing to, that we would ask that you pray for, um, I'm in the National Guard, and we, I am deploying in February. And uh, my wife is going to be staying there in Champaign with the kids, still doing some church work as well as her regular work, and then, you know, the kids. So it's going to be a lot on her um, and the church. So we, we've had a lot of changes over the, over the last few years, but this one's probably going to be the, the most... Um, most crazy for us. So if you could pray for us, that would be amazing. Uh, my wife's going to need a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. We sure will. God bless you. What a good-looking family. You know, what, you know what I like about you guys probably more than anything are your boots. Look at these guys' boots. And, and let me tell you, I don't know if you've ever been to Texas, but you could be Texans because they wear their boots correctly. Their pants are inside their boots, Right? Give these guys a big hand, man. And you are beautiful. I like your boots, too. It is good to have Dr. Rufo with us. What a distinguished-looking man he is, and what a beautiful family he has. Wonderful wife and three awesome young men. Dr. Rufo, would you introduce your wife and boys and tell us what you're doing in Tennessee? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with this uh, wonderful church. And uh, um, I'm church planter. Uh, home mission or North America ministry. My wife, Maria, uh, Nathaniel, uh, Junior, and Jonathan, 11, 15, and 22 years old. Uh, we work in a... <laughs> Thank you. We are working in Smyrna in Antioch uh, area, planting a, a new church there using the North America ministry office. So uh, we're glad to working with 
together with the office and with the Hispanic community that living around the uh, building. And uh, my boys loved shopping yesterday, <laughs> excited. <laughs> and also the game, the dinner was uh, fantastic. So we're glad to be here and thank you for your love and take it off. Amen, amen. Thank you, Dr. Rufo. <laughs> This is, this is a very blessed and talented family. Each one of them play multiple instruments, and they do it for the glory of God. Give Dr. Rufo and his family a big hand again, would you? Oh, my goodness. It's, it's so good to have uh, Josue with us and his family. Uh, yes, these are all his kids. They didn't pick up anybody on the road from West Virginia. What a good-looking family. Give them a big hand, and Josue's going to introduce his family to you. Good morning. It's a blessing to be here with you. Um, I told Pastor, maybe your sermon is going to cut a little bit shorter, because I got introduced my whole family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, my lovely wife, Christina, my older girl, Brianna, she's in Wells College, so pray for her. Then Mia. Leah, then I got a set of twins, Michaela and Joshua, then Jacob and Jeremiah. Uh, it's, been, it's been a blessing, a lot of walking, but it has been a blessing. We thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Thank you for all the love you have shared during this stay in here. And we are located in West Virginia. Our ministry is there. We work with the North American ministry. Um, one of the things that we do is reach the Spanish community. Uh, you know their language, or we speak Spanish, so we like to save those souls. Many of them come to America with one, with one motive, just to make money, but they need to hear the gospel. And we are reaching them to hear the gospel so they can go back to their homes and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to their families. Thank you. Amen. God bless you, Josue. Good, good to have you. And hey, buddy, if it was his birthday yesterday, right? This little guy right here, he turned four yesterday. And so yesterday was a great day for him. And I, I've just, I got a feeling you're going to be an evangelist because you like to walk the stage, man, and just get all over the place. Here, here's one thing I want to leave with our church planters and their, and their beautiful wives. We love you. We love you guys, what you're doing in Illinois. We love you, what you're doing in Tennessee. We love you. Thank you for starting churches in West Virginia. And our prayers are with you. But this weekend is not about you as church planters. It's about your kids. We love your kids. And uh, I know it's difficult to have children in ministry. A lot of expectations are on them. So in the future, when maybe one of your kids have a, has a rough day and going through a bad time in their life, would you remind them that there is a church in Arkansas that loves them, and we are praying for you guys. Amen? Would you join me, church, as we pray for our church-planting families who will be leaving us today and going back to their own ministries? Heavenly Father, we do love you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. I pray, dear Lord, a huge blessing on these three church-planting families. We're so thankful that you have placed the call on their lives and that they are being used to build churches in North America. But today, dear Lord, we lift up their kids to you. I pray blessings on them. I pray, dear Lord, that this weekend has been a fantastic time of renewal for them and that their faith has been challenged 
and they have grown spiritually. Keep them safe as they travel home and use them in your kingdom work. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand back up, give them a big hand, and then we're going to keep worshiping. God bless you guys. Thanks. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Joy to the world, the Lord has come.
The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. In Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's not all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. birth to a son 
and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins.
Jesus. Just the mention of your name, God. You can totally turn our lives around. Lord, help us this morning just to get over ourselves, get out of the way. Let your Holy Spirit speak to us and draw us into where you are. Lord, I thank you so much for sending your Son, our Savior. And Father, I pray that if anybody is here today, Father, that is just hanging on to the past and hanging on to stuff they don't have to hang on to, help them to know that today they can be delivered that they can be set free just in the powerful, precious name of Jesus. Help people to come home. Come home to you today, Lord. We love you and give you all honor, all glory and praise because you alone are worthy of it. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Thank you, praise team. Give them a big hand. Did a great job today leading us in worship. Appreciate them so much. Uh, it's all about Jesus. Amen. There is power in the name of Jesus. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I pray that you're doing that today, that you can do that, that you have done that, and that you are in the Lord's army. Well, I love Jesus. And I want to tell you today about my Jesus. There is joy in knowing Jesus. There is joy in serving Jesus. And today we're going to find out there is joy in sharing Jesus. Do you feel joy in your heart right now? I mean, if, if you really feel that deep down joy in your heart and spirit, say amen. amen. Come on, that's only half of you. If you've got the joy of the Lord in your heart, let me know it. Thank you. It's my wooer right there. I love that. Would you do me a favor then? Would you let that deep joy in your soul just rise up into your face? I would love to see joy in your smile today. Amen? It's a joyful thing to know the Lord. We can smile about it. And that joy will lead to laughter. Do y'all like to laugh? Well, I do too. Years ago, there was a, a show on America's Funniest Home Videos. And some of them were pretty funny, weren't they? I, I can remember this one episode that I'm about to show you on the video right now uh, of a little kid. This one actually won that night. Let, let's see it together, all right? Watch this with me. I don't know if you've ever experienced that at your house. They're just ripping the paper and, and looking for a great gift. Yes, yes, it's what I've always wanted. Yes, yes, it's what I've always needed. What is it? <laughs> On that very first Christmas, the angels announced 
the birth of God's Son, Jesus Christ. The heavens were opened, and all of heaven broke into praise. Shepherds went racing to Bethlehem to see what it was all about. And for the past 2,000 years, people who experienced Jesus have been saying, yes, Yes, it's what I've always wanted. Yes, yes, it's what I've exactly needed. Because Jesus is what you need. Jesus is the one who can fill that void in your heart. But you know what? There have been millions of people who have also said, what is it? What is Christmas all about? Well, we're going to find out what all of this joy is about in our Bibles today. So open them with me to Luke's Gospel chapter 2. We see joy all over the biblical account of the birth of Jesus Christ. Last week we saw that there is joy in Mary's life because she was chosen to serve God. And today we're going to see that same joy among the shepherds who were among the very first to hear of this good news of Jesus Christ. And then they went and shared that good news. And so my sermon today is all about the joy that you can experience when you share Jesus with those who need them. Now, as a backlog to this passage of Scripture, Joseph and Mary are required to go to Bethlehem to register for the census. So in fulfillment to Old Testament prophecy, Mary goes to Bethlehem, and there she has the baby Jesus. Joseph was from the house and lineage of David. Therefore, he was required to go to his ancestral home, which was Bethlehem. The problem was Mary was nine months pregnant with Jesus. And so they have this long journey all the way down. It it could have taken them as, as long as 11 days to get there. And Mary is on the back of a donkey She's nine months pregnant. It's all too real, isn't it, Whitney? I mean, I could, not, I could not help but think of my own precious little baby girl, Whitney, who is nine months pregnant. You know what? Maybe on Christmas Day, I'm going to have a new grandbaby. Right? At least in the next two weeks, we're going to have a new baby. But Whitney, can you imagine riding on the back of a donkey right now for 11 days? She's speechless. She can't even... Man, what what a difficult time. The reason is, again, this census, but also it's in fulfillment to Old Testament prophecy. There's nowhere for Joseph and Mary to stay, so Jesus' first home was this stable, a barn, where he is placed in a manger. Let's pick up our reading in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby. They were keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now I want to stop right there and say there is something very significant about the shepherds. Or perhaps I should put it like this. There's something very insignificant about these shepherds. According to the teaching of the rabbis of that day, shepherds were the lowest class of individuals on the social ladder. Their work made them ceremonially unclean. They could not enter the temple, and typically they were stunned socially. You know, we often think in our culture that for us to have an impact in our world, we have to have this earthly leverage or this earthly advantage. If only Christians were in charge of Hollywood, 
I mean, if only Christians were the ones making the entertainment. If, if only we were controlled in our government by believers. If, if Christians had control of the House and the Senate and the Oval Office, we could really make a difference in our world today if that were the case. At least that's the way we process and we think. But you know what? The Bible tells us that God's ways are not man's ways. And God is about to do something awesome in human history. In fact, God is going to break through and do something so radical and so transforming that it's going to change from B.C. to A.D. And it's not going to happen through a king and a palace, nor is it going to happen through priests in the temple. It's going to happen through some lowly, common shepherds. Isn't that cool? I don't know what that says to you, but it says volumes to me. It it says that God is just looking for some, some common, normal people to do his work. And if you're willing, he's going to use you. Not only is there something significant about the shepherds, there is something very significant about their flocks. That is, their sheep. Many scholars believe that the sheep these shepherds were watching over were sheep that would actually be used as daily sacrifices in the temple in Jerusalem. So just think about that. Nearby where Jesus was born, grazing in these fields, were the sheep that would be offered as sacrifices in accordance to the law of Moses to atone for the sins of the people. Now, the blood of these sheep could not remove their sins, but the blood could cover over their sins. And so they had to have a whole lot of sheep because, as you know, people do a whole lot of sinning. (laughs) And they needed their sins atoned for and covered every single day. But not very far away, God is sending into the world the perfect Lamb of glory who will take away the sins of the world, not just cover over our sins, but completely remove our sins. And those sacrificial sheep, they would no longer be needed because we live under grace. Amen? Well, let me keep reading. Look at verse 9. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid or terrified. But the angel said to them, and again, this is the angel talking to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. This is going to be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and there they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who sure enough was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word. Pick this up. 
When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary, she treasured all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been can you say amen to the Word of God? What an amazing story. Hey, one more thing about our shepherd friends. I want you to notice what a great, effective witness they were. The witness inspired by the good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. Witnesses who discovered the joy of knowing Jesus, and then they shared that news with others. Now, there's a bit of irony to this. Remember that the shepherds were not highly esteemed by other Jews. In fact, the rabbis of the day considered most of them to be religious outcasts. On top of that, their testimony was not admissible in court. That may have been true in courts of human law, but these shepherds were actually really good witnesses. God handpicked them. A witness is simply someone who knows something and then says something. That's pretty simple, isn't it? So what is a witness? Somebody who knows something and then they speak it. Those are such amazing statements. I'm going to use those two things as my outline today. So how many points do we have, gang? Oh, man, isn't this beautiful? Don't you feel better when I do the two-point thing to you? What's the first one? A good witness knows something. These shepherds knew something. Why? Because they had been told something. I mean, an angel spoke to them. When was the last time an angel spoke to you? For me, it was this morning. And if you think that's cheap. Her name is Angie, Angel, all right? So... You know what, if, if an angel did appear to you and say something, then after they gave the announcement, a heavenly host came down and praised God right in front of you, it, it, would, it would probably terrify you too. It would shake you up a little bit. But you know what? You would never forget. I mean, you would never forget what that angel said, right? And so it was with these guys. Remember what they learned, verse 10 says, But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. That's the main verse of of our series that we're speaking on joy. I bring you good news. Let me tell you, it is good news. Jesus saves. That's good news. Jesus can change your life. That's good news. Jesus can save your marriage. That's good news. Jesus can give you a home in heaven. That's good news. I bring you good news of great joy, and it's for all people. And the next verse explains really what this good news is. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Notice the three important names that the angel mentions to identify this child that was born. Three names. Savior, Christ, 
Lord. Now, how many of y'all, I'm just talking to you, how many of y'all actually have three names? Raise your hand if you have three names. Do y'all know, do y'all know how many names you have? <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know what it is about our American culture, but most of us have at least three names, right? We, we have our last name that identifies what clan we're from, who we are. Whitney is a Barnett now, but she's still a Harmon at heart, because once a Harmon, always a Harmon, right? Man, we're proud of our last name, Harmon. It's a, it's a great name. Say it with me on three. One, two, three. What a great name. It's a wonderful name. There, there were good Harmons and not so good Harmons in my history. I, I've never traced it all the way back. My uncle has, but I am convinced there's Wayne and Betty Newell back there. Everybody turn around and say hi to Wayne and Betty. Man, it's good to see you guys. Wayne, I am convinced of the fact that somewhere in my past, there was a Harmon that was a pirate. It just sounds cool, but I think we, there's, there's a pretty bad group of Harmon. Anyway, I'm a Harmon. I'm one of the good ones, right? but it identifies what clan I'm from. My middle name, does anybody know my middle name? It's Richard. I don't usually go by my middle name, but I mean, I guess you could call me that. I probably wouldn't turn around and respond to it because nobody ever calls me Richard but you know what it's special to me it's a special name because it comes from my mother's dad my, my granddad Whitmire his name was Richard Lawrence Whitmire he, let me tell you Whit was a man's man we named Whitney I keep picking on you today baby would you have that baby for me so we, we named Whitney after granddad Whitmire Whit they called him Whit we called her Whit I'm proud of my middle name because it associates with a man that I greatly admired and looked up to, my granddad Whitmire. And then my first name is, actually it's William. Will I am. <laughs> and, and, and there's a history with that. My, my son's name is William. My dad's name is Will. His dad, who was my granddad I never got to meet, his name was William. His dad's name was Will. His dad's name was William. There's a long line of Williams. If you are the firstborn son of a Harmon, you've got to have the name William. Just who we are. I love my name. Do you love your name? We won't get into that, apparently, all right? Names reveal something about the character and the nature of the person named. These names represent all we need for him to be our God on our behalf. Dr. Luke is piling title upon title to demonstrate just how magnificent this baby child is. What are his names? The first name that the angel spoke was Savior. A Savior has been born to you. This tells us a little bit about his deliverance. The angel announced this earlier to Joseph and to Mary about the child. Matthew 121, one of our praise team leaders quoted this verse. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. We all need to be saved from our sins. We are all sinners separated from God. You are a sinner by nature and you are a sinner by choice and you cannot save yourselves. We need a savior. 
And Jesus is the only one qualified to save you. He's the only one who can save you. And we know that from these other two titles given to him. He is not only Savior, he is Christ. He is Christ. This tells us a little bit about his destiny. Literally, the word means Messiah. He is Messiah or the anointed one. He is the one repeatedly spoken of in the Old Testament. He is the one who is going to come and bring deliverance to God's people. He is the one who will save his people from their sins. He is our salvation and our light. It was his destiny to leave heaven and be an atonement for you. He is Christ, but he's not only Christ, he is Christ the Lord. This tells us something about his deity. He is born Lord of lords and King of kings. He is born already possessing supreme, supernatural authority over all mankind. Jesus died to take our sins away, and he arose as Lord to give us life and eternity and heaven. That little phrase, Jesus is Lord, was the public confession of faith and also a baptismal formula of the early church. Jesus is Lord. Hey, can you say that? Is he Lord of your life? Don't be ashamed to proclaim Jesus is Lord. Say it with me on three. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord. So the shepherds know something because they were told something. But, but they came to know this in a more personal, intimate way. It becomes firsthand knowledge. Look at verses 15 and 16. They said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, and sure enough, he was lying in that manger. And they were witnesses of all the mysteries unfolding in the manger in Bethlehem. The long-awaited, anticipated Savior has finally arrived. And it says later that everything was just as the angel said it was. Because you know what? Angels don't lie. It was true. Everything was true. Can I tell you something? It's not enough for you just to hear the good news. People have to believe it. It, it, it takes more than just hearing it. You know, you've got to hear it. So aren't we thankful for the proclamation of the gospel? Aren't we thankful for people who care and who share the good news? But, but it's not enough just to hear the gospel. People have to believe it. They have to experience it personally for themselves that they know it's true. Why is that? Well, it's because you can't ride to heaven hitched to somebody else's wagon. You might say to me, and literally I have had people say to me, well, my, my parents were great Christians. Well, that is fantastic for your parents. Or my granddaddy was a preacher. Well, wonderful for him. I had an uncle who was a church planter. Praise the Lord. But you're not going to get into heaven on their faith. It takes your own personal faith. You, you need to hear that Jesus saves, and you must believe that Jesus saves. So, let me get back to my point. A good witness is one who knows something, and these shepherds knew something. 
They've not just seen it and heard it, but they've seen it, they've heard it, and they believed. And they responded in faith. And having discovered the truth about Jesus, this joy that is now in their heart finds expression through their mouth. Because a good witness not only knows something, number two, a good witness says something. You know, on a couple of occasions, I have been called on to be a character witness in court. Obviously, I was called because I knew something. I had firsthand knowledge. If, if I did not possess that firsthand knowledge, my testimony would have been thrown out as hearsay or non existent. But I had firsthand knowledge of this person. But you know what? I am not a complete witness if I just know something. A faithful witness ultimately has to open their mouth and say something. And that is exactly what these shepherds do. They made known to others what they had been told. How do I know that? Because verse 17 tells me. When they had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. So the angel spoke to them and told them about Jesus. They went and they saw Jesus. I, I don't know if Mary let them pick up baby Jesus and hold baby Jesus. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But this one thing I do know, they believed. They believed that he was God's son. They believed that he was the Messiah. So they took what they had heard and what they had seen and they shared it. They went and told others about Jesus. You see, just seeing the baby Jesus in the manger was not enough for these guys. That scene had no meaning without the explanation that had already been given them by the angel. So when they go out to spread the word, they talk about what the angel had declared to them, the good news, and the fact that they had been an eyewitness to Jesus. They knew that it was true. Can, can I just do a little time out? A lot of you don't witness because you don't know the quote-unquote plan of salvation. You can't quote the verses. You, you, you just can't, you're afraid that you don't know enough to tell somebody about Jesus. And let me tell you something, buddy. If you've been saved, you've got a story. If you believed in Jesus, you have a personal testimony of what God has done for you. And you know what? You can share that. After seeing the baby, the shepherds were the first messengers to proclaim the arrival of the Messiah. They spread the word. Look at verse 20. The angels returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard by the angel and seen with their own eyes, which were just as they had been told. And again, joy is the inspiration for our witness. It is the culmination of our witness. Let me tell you something. If Jesus has touched your life and Jesus has transformed you, he's made you a new person on the inside. Old things have passed away and behold, everything has become new. That brings joy, man. Jesus has saved you from your sins and given you a hope in heaven. That should bring joy. And if that joy is in your heart, it's got to come out. It's got to come out through your mouth. You've got to tell other people about it. I mean, let me tell you, there is great joy in sharing Jesus Christ. Great joy. 
And if you've never experienced that joy of telling somebody else about Jesus, you need to experience that joy this Christmas. Because somebody shared that great news with me, I have been spared a greater danger. I've been rescued from hell. Because somebody loved me and cared enough about me to share to me the plan of salvation and Jesus reached down and saved myself, I don't have to go to hell. I get to go to heaven. How grateful am I? My heart's filled with that gratefulness. But you know what? I can't contain that. I can't hold it in. Dude, you've heard this a hundred times. How horrible would it be if you had the cure for cancer, but you didn't share it with people who are dying from cancer? We have the cure for eternity. Well, we need to be sharing it. And there is nothing like the joy you experience when you tell somebody else about your Jesus. There's a short list of preachers that are my favorite preachers. Do you all have favorite preachers? You ought not. <laughs> oh, we all do. We, we, we all have those, those guys we enjoy listening to. Right up in my top five list is, he's passed away now, but is Adrian Rogers, Bellevue Baptist Church, Memphis, Tennessee. What an amazing preacher, anointed by God, a great orator, massive church. Truckers call that church Fort God. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen it? Beautiful, big church. He pastored a huge congregation. I'd say it's an affluent congregation. High-powered people went to his church. But one of the things I most respected and enjoyed about Adrian Rogers' preaching, he just told it as it was. He didn't care who was listening. He just told them the truth. For example, in this one sermon, he said this to his congregation. Very affluent people, very powerful people. But here's what he said to them. If you're not trying to bring souls to Jesus Christ... You're not right with God. Now, that's pretty blunt. He was getting in their grill. If you're not trying to bring souls to Jesus Christ, you're not right with God. And then to reinforce what he was saying, he quoted Andrew Murray, who said, there are two classes of Christians, soul winners and backsliders. Man, woo! I'm telling you, he's, he's getting right down there with them. Would you be offended by that? And then Adrian went on to say, You're one or the other. You're either a soul winner or a backslider. If you don't have a passion to see people come to the Lord Jesus Christ, I wonder, he asked, I wonder if you know the same Jesus that I know. So let me tell you about my Jesus. His greatest desire is to save you. That's why he came, to give you joy. Not like the world gives but to satisfy your soul. And he's the only one who can. 
So I got a real simple invitation. My sermons are simple. This is a simple invitation. If you need Jesus, he makes himself available today. You can be saved today. All you have to do is three things. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Believe Jesus is the only one who can save you from your sins. And confess him as Lord of your life. If you've never done that, I beg you to come do it today. Give your life to Jesus. Get, get that joy in your heart. Know that you're going to go to heaven. The, the second part of this invitation is this, and it's for all the rest of us. Because we all know people who are lost, who are, who are on their way to hell. They may be in your family. They could live next door to you. You, you might work with them. They could be a close friend. Between now and Christmas, between now and next Sunday, you're going to be seeing a whole lot of people that you know, and maybe one of them needs Jesus. So my challenge to you today is to start that process this morning. Get up from where you're sitting and care enough about them that you'll come down to the altar and pray for them, that they get saved this Christmas, and that God use you to be his witness. Will you accept that challenge? Because there are really two kinds of Christians, soul winners and backsliders. Be the first, not the second. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd do something special in this service right now. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just take control of the atmosphere in this room and that your spirit would speak to each one of us individually. Draw us to yourself. Jesus, what I've tried to do this morning to the best of my ability is to lift up Jesus, the Son of God. And as we have lifted you up, I pray, dear Jesus, that you would draw right now men, women, boys, and girls to yourself. For that person who needs to be saved, to confess Jesus as Lord of their life, may they come today and experience salvation. Lord, for the rest of us, we all have friends and family members who need Jesus. I pray that you would empower us and embolden us to open our mouths and to share the good news with them. Help us to come this morning and intercede for their salvation, just to pray for them. Lord, there may be others in this room who just need to come and talk to you. Give them the courage and the freedom to do that during our prayer time. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask that you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. Praise team's going to sing. As soon as you stand up, just step out and come. Come on, you know you need to come and pray. Do it right now.
Lord Jesus, thank you for the good news of great joy, which is for all people. Dear Lord, for those who uh, just need to get their hearts right with you, I pray that they would do it before this day closes. For the rest of us, give us a boldness (laughs) to be a witness for you. Help us to share the love of Jesus and the good news of Christ with our family members this Christmas season. Bless our church and help us to reach the River Valley with the gospel. I pray a special blessing on our church planters who are with us today. Lord, not only protect them as they drive home, I pray that you would use them and give them fruit for their labor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Thank you. You can be seated just for a moment. I got some really important items I want to share with you, and uh, then we're going to go out there and get our pictures made, okay? Number one, as you walk out the door, if you're a member of Kavanaugh, please drop your offering in one of those black boxes. If you are a guest, all we ask is that you fill one out, uh, one of those Connect cards out and let us give you a gift at the Connect counter. This Wednesday night is a special service. Our kids are doing their kids' Christmas program. I am so excited about it. I can't wait. It's always a great event, and you're going to see little kids who love the Lord and who have something to say about it, all right? So come Wednesday night, 7 o'clock for that. This coming Saturday, what is this Saturday? It's Christmas Eve, isn't it? So at 4 o'clock, we're going to come in here for a candlelight Christmas Eve service. Uh, We're going to light candles, we're going to sing carols, and we're going to tell the Christmas story. Going to be a a relatively short service, maybe 30, 40 minutes at the most, but it's going to be a great time of allowing Jesus to be the light of the world and worshiping him. Then on Christmas morning, next Sunday, we're only going to have one service, and it's going to be at 10 o'clock. So please make note of that and be here for that great event. Family photos by Wes, right out these doors and to your right, and make sure you get your family picture. And then if you signed up for We Worship to help out, thank you for doing so. Those schedules have been made out. You can go over to the Kid Check area, and Ashwin and Caleb will give you a a copy of the schedule, all right? Are we all good? Fantastic. For our home missionaries, church planners, give them one more big hand. Would you do that? Good deal. They're going to they're gonna hang out. They're going to hang out in the lobby, get by, meet them, thank them for coming, and get to know about their work and ministry. If you want to support them, you certainly have the freedom to do so. I hope that you have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. Get out of here. <laughs>